Hey, everybody. Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, you know what we forgot to do? Sorry. Hey, oh, welcome, welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> I forgot to come up with a cool Michael intro for this week. I got nothing. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, um, oh, shit. I don't Just know. start it. It'll got, come to you. I got nothing. I got, well, welcome to the Pretty Sketchy Podcast, uh, number 10. See, this is how unprepared I am. I actually wrote number nine still on my little run sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I had to improv there. That was, that was, you saw a little bit behind the curtains there, people. <laughs> With me as always is acclaimed author and Harry Potter's final Horcrux, <laughs> Michael Marshman. I don't know. That's all, all I right. had. Does that make sense? Because I'm not a Harry Potter guy. That just leapt into my brain. I'm hoping that made sense. Oh, my God. Oh, don't, I'm a failure. I'm a failure as a podcaster, but here we are. Let's just, it's done now. Let's just go with it. <laughs> How you doing, uh, man? I actually just came up with one. What? Oh, go, well, okay, go. Okay. Uh, let's pretend <laughs> you're saying it. With me as always is acclaimed author and... First choice for Shaft. <laughs> oh my God. We're delving back into that, are we? Now it's going to be Michael out of context or whatever. <laughs> oh my god all right hey welcome to the podcast everybody <laughs> uh um yeah so this is number 10 um and yeah i'm gonna be doing page four again but uh let, first of all let's just do what we always do and explain what's going on here my name's Corey. um i'm currently illustrating a comic that michael wrote um and we thought we'd do it on camera so everyone can see the process and see how not to make a comic book um yeah so that's what i'll be doing we'll be just talking about stuff while i uh draw this week's page so um in in fairness, this is uh, a page from two weeks ago that I'm going to be working on. So, what's going on, man? How's things? Uh, a lot cooler. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <clears throat> Not oh, melting this time. The heat wave, the heat wave, dude. It's just been, it's just been ridiculous. Like, yeah. just really uncomfortable. I'm very yeah. fortunate because I have two air conditioners in my house. Um, so, but like the problem with that, and this sounds like a massive first world problem is that we have everything on the absolute coldest, right? Mm. So it's icy in the house. But then mm. the second you step outside, it's almost better. To, you know what? One, once upon a time when I used to own a recording studio with a friend of mine, um, we used to get dodgy computer parts from this dude um, down the street named Joe. He's an Asian fella. And uh, he used to have his, like at his house, he had a garage at the back that was just full of stock, full of computer parts. No one asked where he got them from. <laughs> no one really wanted to know where he got it from but he was this little asian dude very much like paulie kwan michael you, you know that sort of dude but older yeah um and he would sit there and he was he always wore like you'd first of all you'd walk down his driveway down the side of his house and he'd have like one of those you know those martial arts dummies you know the the, the post with the stick sticking out of it that you yeah. practice your movements on and it was just beaten to shit one of the arms was snapped off and shit so you go first thing you notice is this is not a guy i want to mess with <laughs> and so then you'd go down the back into his garage and you'd be sitting there on a chair like leaning back like you know arms behind his head like this wearing mirrored aviator shades a singlet and army pants he looked like a small vietnamese dictator or something like that who was about to stage a coup or something you know you know small country somewhere and uh anyway so he'd be sitting at the back and we're like dude it's 40 degrees man aren't you hot out here and he's like nah i'm okay he's like well like what about getting an air conditioner or something? He's like, air conditioning make you weak. <laughs> and, and you know what? He couldn't be more right, man. Because the, the problem is when you are constantly in air conditioning, you can't deal with the real world outside. You walk outside, it's like walking into a furnace, you know? 
Yeah. And uh, he had a point. <laughs> God damn, I love that guy, man. Used to buy computer stuff off him so cheap. Um, oh. Yeah, but... Uh, and he, he taught you a lesson that you didn't learn until years later. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? And then now I'm like, oh, air conditioning make you weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good dude. Old mate Joe. God, you had you had your very own Mr. Miyagi. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. I did not respect his teachings until later. <laughs> you know. Uh, um, are we are we getting racist here or I don't know. See, I'm always I'm white. So I figure anything I do is pretty much racist. I'll just go yeah, accept much. that, you know. Just saying hi to someone and you're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so What's on the agenda for today? Let's have a look. So you read, you've, you're up to date with Seven to Eternity? I am, yeah. Yeah, it's a comic for those playing at home um, by uh, Rick Remender and Jerome Pena. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, who is an absolutely brilliant artist. Uh, it's, it's a great story. Um, so how, do you want to run us through the basic plot outline? Oh, Jesus, how do I describe it? Um, it's, it's not simple. This isn't, this isn't your typical light reading sort of comic fair. It's pretty complicated. Yeah. I mean, I guess you'd start with the mud King who, how do you describe his power? He can essentially make you do what he wants, but you have to agree to it. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he, he offers you a deal. He's, he's kind yeah. of like a Faustian sort of thing where he gives you, he offers you a deal and, uh, in exchange for that deal you get what you want but the, the beauty of the the beauty of the deal is that you feel like you're not really giving away much because all he asks in return is that he can see through your eyes and and hear through your ears so he he's basically with every deal he makes yeah he's he's broadening his network of spies essentially so mm. to, to the point where he eventually takes over the entire like, what is the kingdom what would you call it like yeah the, the whole the whole city you know what i mean yeah um and I, yeah, sorry. I just I just love that because it's it's so simple. It's it's the kind of deal that everybody's going to take. It's like oh, I want I want my family to be well fed. All right, cool, no problems. But the 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 shady part of it is it's not really helping you at all. Yeah. Like he's um, you know, like like for example, they sort of demonstrated it with one guy who he's like obviously asked for a beautiful woman, and she's beautiful to him, but not to anyone else. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the deal. It's a little bit like uh, Shallow Hell. You know? <laughs> it's it's that a classic. <clears throat> it's a classic deal with the devil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? That guy doesn't know any different. He doesn't care. He just thinks he's locked out, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that. I, I, I kind of dug that concept, you know, and he's, mm. he's building his network of spies. You don't know to what end at this stage. He just, I guess it's just the power, you know? Um, yeah, I think yeah, he just on. conquest. But, yeah. um, anyway, when, when he first started doing it, there were, I can't remember the name of them, uh, a certain group of knights that refused to kneel mm -hmm. to him. Um, most of them ended up doing it except for one who was the main character's father. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember the father's name, but the last name's Osiris, I believe. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, the father ends up dying. Well, the, the important uh, thing to, to discuss is that the Osiris family broke away from yeah. the city 
and they're considered to be traitorous now. Like everybody's like, you know, th- their name is spat. You know what I mean? Like, uh, cause, yeah. cause they walked away sort of, and they're, they're considered traitors. So they've been living this wholesome sort of almost Amish kind of existence out in the wilderness by themselves. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the, the leader of the clan, the Osiris clan eventually has to go back to the, to the city to see the mud king because essentially he's dying um and he he wants security for his family essentially yep i suppose so the the leader is the is the original guy's son yeah 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 um (laughs) i don't want to spoil too much anyway oh yeah good good call good call (laughs) he he goes back to the city to see the mud king um that's kind of where that's as far as I want to go to tell people what it's about. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but it does end up turning into a bit of a. It's the start of a road trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, like that's that, a good that's way to. Kind of what we're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The in issue, that's the that's the end of issue four. Oh, in, issue three, I should say. End yeah. of issue three, they take off. Yeah. Yeah. End of issue four was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I got I got to get to that, but um, it's it's definitely worth noting the talent behind it. Um, I mean, more for me, more so. It's it's Jerome Pena. Um, in fact, I just followed him just five minutes ago on uh, Instagram, and uh, he's got a lot of his uh, inks from this up there without color, which is uh, real interesting to look at because there's you look at the art and it's it's really complex in in a lot of ways compared to a lot of comic art. You know, like there's a lot of hashing and um, definitely beautiful shading and rendering. You know, in the inks. Um, but then Matt Hollingsworth comes through as the colorist who's done, um, which was a big deal for me because he does uh, most of um, Sean Murphy's work. Uh, and, and, and in this, he's, he's, he's on point yet again. Um, but the second I sort of th- really thought about it, I looked at it and went, hey, I recognize this coloring. And it's, it's because he always uses really muted tones. Um, I mean, it could be just something, I'm colorblind, so that could be part of it. But um, it was recognizable in that he sort of, he has a way of sort of creating depth and a lot of texture just with the color choices. And so it makes the art even an extra level of complex over the top of the inks. Um, uh, well, I mean, which is, I guess that's a colorist job, but he's one of the best in the business. So he does it particularly well. Um, yeah, but let, let's talk about the, the, um, the ragtag group of, uh, I guess, what are they? The, the Knights? Something. Yeah, the knights. Yeah, they're so cool. Every one of them is is very different, um, which is cool. You know, there's the little goblin dude. There's a guy who's, I mean, almost like futuristic in a lot of regards. Um, yeah, that dude was awesome. Yeah, I yeah, like um, and they work together as a team really, really well. It seems like even in the first battle they have, I, guess, I won't say who with too many spoilers, but um, they just sort of appear and just start fighting somebody. Um, they they're coordinated. They're not just you know, a bunch of guys, they, they, they obviously went in there with a game plan and I think that's just clever writing. You know what I mean? They're not mm. just like, we're a bunch of heroes and we're all good at what we do. Um, they have, they have a strategy as a squad, um, which seems to work really well. I thought that was kind of clever as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, but- my favorite one is the, the chick that got her family killed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read that far into issue four, to be honest. I, d- I don't think I have. I've only done like two or three pages, so. Okay, because like but most go, actors, which, that's what people... Which one? Because there's two. Is she the one with the single eye or? Well, she's got her hair over her eye. Um, 
Yeah, I've got the book in front of me, but like I just want to read this out. It's like they hacked me apart, Carmen Callis's butchers. Mm-hmm. I was thrown into the pile of my loved one's remains as my home burned. As go. I lie waiting for the flames to take me, sinews and veins began growing, connecting to the limbs of my family, my Mosak gift revealed. I am a living reminder of them all, a patchwork of what the Mud King did to my family. Like yeah. she's made up of her family, like that's body. So good. Yeah. Like that's fucking crazy. Uh, and the, I mean, the other character, Patchwork, he uh, can take other beings' limbs. So <laughs> he just like, you know, if he loses an arm, he'll just rip one off somebody else and it'll attach. And, so, and attach to himself. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, got, sometimes he's got like a really long arm compared to his body and things like that, which is really kind of cool. Actually, that's the same character. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, sure this, yeah. I'm confusing the. Um, that might, Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you so got like the goblin and stuff. I've, and I've really got to go back through and read them all in series because reading a book a month to me, I just t- tend to forget too much and I mix things up with other books and things. <laughs> so I guess that's why maybe I'm more of a trades guy. Maybe I should just start buying trades. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, th- I love the- that they all have gifts, like they're most like gifts. Like um, the, the main character, um, Osiris, he, he, uh, the, he takes the blood of. Rel- like a dead relatives, his ancestors, his ancestors. Yeah. and when he shoots somebody because they very rarely use guns in this because it's not, it's not that sort of time period mm. um, and, and I guess bullets and things are, are a dead scarcity you know um, so he's like he uses these blood bullets and when he shoots them the bullets are imbued with the Mosaic gift of the power of his ancestors so mm. each one works differently and I thought that was really cool as well um but that's the beauty of this. This is issue four, and there's already such a rich tapestry of, of a world, you know? Um, yeah. And big, that's... big shout out to, like, the crocodile dude that has, like, a portal in his fucking mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like a dinosaur or something. Yeah. Uh, what, what's he called? Drawbridge. Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, dude, something... you know, they, whenever they need to escape, he just opens his mouth. They all just run inside. Yeah. And <laughs> here somewhere else, you know? God damn. Yeah, that's some good world building. Yeah, we, we've, we've talked about that before, but man, you know, like a, a, with each issue, it just gets broader, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm 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 quite the fan of this one. I've got a, I've, I've bought all of the other issues of Reborn. Um, I haven't read them yet, so I'm gonna have to see how that goes. I'm sort of starting to warm to it because I feel like, I guess the beauty of it is is the. Um, uh, how can I explain it? It's it is it is it is retro in nature. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely feels like a fantasy comic and you, you really don't see a lot of them anymore. You know, I mean, you've got your Red Sonyas and things like that, but they're kind of like, th- this is a little different. This is that quasi-futuristic thing. I think once before we mentioned it was a lot like something out of Heavy Metal magazine. Yeah. And, and yeah. at first I was like, well, do we really need this? And I was being a bit kind of douchey about it. But now that I look at it, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I can be honest. <laughs> um, if I If I really look at it, I'm like, well, why not? You know, like there's, there's a market for this sort of stuff. There's still people out there playing role-playing games and things like that. And, um, you know, are, are totally into that sort of world. Why not cater to it? You know, it's, it's actually yeah. pretty smart now that I've, I've sort of processed it a little bit. Um, and I mean, I mean the art style, like Greg Polo and, uh, who's, oh, I can't remember. I, I was going to grab one and put it here, but I forgot to, um, I've yeah, got like, one right in front of me. Yeah, it's it's really. Um... Oh, hang on, this isn't gonna work. Sorry, it's it's really hard to. Uh, you know what? I realized sometimes I listen back to the podcast just for quality control purposes, 
And I'm like thinking, oh, you know, we do okay, but sometimes my um, my speech, my God, gets a little <laughs> stilted and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, you know, that's something I've got to overcome. But then I remember that how many times does somebody who hosts anything have to do a second task as they're talking? Like, it's pretty unusual what I'm, what we do, you know? And I'm like, yeah, 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 so you know what? Screw everybody. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, yeah, we're going. What was that? Who, who's it? It's Greg Capullo. I love how you can remember the artist. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Writer. Yeah, because to me, to me, that's what makes me pick up a comic book. You know what I mean? Writers, I don't, I don't know. Oh um, man, that's funny. Yeah, you yeah. chuck anything with like Brian Azzarello or or friggin', you know, Grant Morrison on it, I'll pick it up. But like, yeah. who's the artist? I'm like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what makes uh, us a good team. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, Mark Miller. Mark Miller, that's right. Yeah, Mark Miller and Greg Capullo. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's that's the beauty of Mark Miller, though. Um, he, I think over the years, he's gotten sick of doing the typical superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like his last book was Huck. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I think we talked about that, yeah. Which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it was I've, such I've, a, got, I've got to read that, actually, because it seems like I'd be interested in that. Yeah, it, it's such a variation on the, on the superhero mold. Like he even said it himself like you know i'm just I, I see like the superman and all the typical superheroes and i'm just like i don't want to write that stuff anymore i want to do my own yeah sort of thing and i think reborn's a very good um show of that like yeah. it's you don't see quite anything quite like it mm-hmm. um, it, it is a bit weird that it, it sort of started around the same time as seven to eternity so i'm going to draw a lot of parallels between the two yeah yeah uh, like I mean, they're both essentially world-building uh, grand stories, but you know, I, I'm I'm enjoying both of them very mm-hmm. much. I'm a big fan of Mark Miller. I love him. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I haven't read too much of his stuff, and I think a lot of it's been tainted by pop culture in general because, like, he he's written a lot of stuff that's been adapted into movies. Okay. And um, I think just movies because, like, he he wrote um. Kingsman. Um, oh, right what, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, See, again, I don't, I don't know any of this because like, like we just said, I, I don't really follow writers that much. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he wrote your little treasure, fucking Chrononauts, so. Oh, of course. That's right, yeah. See, again, something that, like, I, I literally just pulled that out to read it again because I like it so much and I couldn't even tell you who wrote it. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely know who the hell drew it, you know. But, I mean, it's no offense to the writers. It's just not my... It's just not my bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, to remember all that stuff. So, um, and I, I mean, I've got a pretty crappy memory <laughs> most of the time anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this is so annoying. Do I have a scalpel or a razor blade? This, I got this set square that I pick up to use all the time for the long edge. And uh, it's got like a little, like a little plastic, uh, you know, like die mistake thing right on the the line like where you drag your pencil it's like this little <laughs> chunky plastic bit that i could shave off if i was in any way prepared but i'm not so i'm going to use a different one oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um yeah i think i think that's the thing like it's it's a bit silly because without a good writer there isn't really any reason to make a comic you know mm. holy shit this one's got one too god damn it 
this is why you, this is why you don't put dry, uh, buy your drawing tools from the supermarket. Oh God! Uh, I've got a hundred dollar. I got a hundred dollar Eckersley voucher in my wallet, but I can't ever get time to get down to Eckersleys. So, you know, and and the problem is having a hundred dollars to spend in your favorite shop of all time. It presents a problem in itself. Yeah, because you're going to spend more than a hundred dollars. No, not even that. Just I don't know what to buy. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was trolling through their website over Christmas because I got the voucher for Christmas. I'm like, this is gonna be amazing. And I'm looking, going, well, I kind of don't really need that. That'd be good, but I don't need it. And I, you know, I really could use this, but you know, that, uh, I'm not really sure. Like, I, that's I feel, I'd feel like I'd be kind of wasting it if I got that. You know, that's it's that kind of situation. It's like I really want that, but it's 101. dollars <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And I'm way too cheap for that. Um, yeah. Okay, I think that's gonna work. Um, I've got plans to make a, a, a drawing surface, like a, um, I guess like a drafting table sort of set up, but collapsible so I can pull it down when I'm not using it. Mm. Um, and uh, I saw this video the other day, cause you know how I've been all about perspective and stuff lately and vanishing points. And a guy used this technique that from what I've read, like in comments and stuff, no one's ever seen before. And it seems so painfully obvious. And, and I mean, this could be an old drafting trick from way back that I just don't know about, but essentially he gets a piece of elastic and he drags it across the page because okay so the big problem with vanishing points is if the vanishing points exist and 99 percent of the time they're going to off the page you run into problems and i've spoken about this before you probably in fact when i was drawing this page like two or two episodes ago um I, I probably you know this probably came up um the the problem is if the line's out by just a fraction it throws everything off that's that's a big thing um but if the vanishing points are way off to the side of the page, you sort of have to stick the page down and mark where the vanishing point is and then rule all your lines across from there. And oftentimes your ruler is not long enough to reach across the whole page and with that additional length, you know what I mean? Um, mm. And all that sort of stuff. And there are other ways around it. You can use tick systems where you sort of, um, you figure out where the horizon line is and then the most extreme points of the, di the diagonal lines and then you sort of set, you know, measure in between and cut them up and, you know, do, do it that way. Um, and that's really complex and it can again, be challenging because you, you forget which points are for what and things like that. It's, you know, which is kind of how I'm working now and, it, and it's a little bit of a struggle. Um, but then this guy, it's, it's a, like it's, I've seen it as a GIF. I've seen it on Reddit as a video. I've seen it all over the place, same video where the guy has the paper stuck down and he's got a piece of elastic that he stretches between two push pins on either side of the page where the vanishing points are. And he has a paper clip that he uses to pull the elastic down or up the page. And he pulls it down, draws a line, pulls it back up a little bit more, draws another line. And it's always going to be accurate to those vanishing points. Yeah. Um, and he was, and he just quickly, really quickly knocked out a very complicated scene of, I guess, odd, I guess you could say it's kind of like odd Scandinavian style architecture where there's everything made out of blocks <laughs> facing in all different angles and stuff. But it was, I mean, for a quick sketch, it was perfectly accurate. You know, like I wouldn't be designing buildings that way, but for, you know, to, to do it without worrying about the maths and without worrying about all this other stuff, um, he knocked out the, the rough design of the layout of this structure in seconds as opposed to sitting there with a ruler for three hours trying to nut it out, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was genius. So I want to build like this table where I did the same thing with like a really thin sort of cable, like maybe a, a very flexible piece of wire, like picture hook wire or something like that that goes across that hangs down with two weights on either end that i can use in the same way as elastic would be but it'll be a little bit firmer because elastic as you try and 
draw use it as a ruler it obviously bends you know what i mean yeah um unless it's really taut um and i thought that might be a cool idea and that way I, and, and i have to make it obviously so you can move the vanishing points in and out and stuff it's a bit of engineering involved but i think when when i figure that out things like this where i'm doing a cityscape right now because i'm redoing page four um i'm not redoing it sorry i'm continuing page four um <laughs> just, just to clarify um you know things like this would be so much easier particularly if there's going to be a lot of cityscapes in in the rest of the book you know um yeah so that'll be something to consider in the future anyway um okay so nintendo <laughs> my old friend my old nemesis nintendo uh yeah obviously the big news coming out of them is the switch i mean it's been announced for ages we've known what it is it was on jimmy fallon for you know weeks and weeks and weeks ago uh, and all that sort of stuff. But they finally landed with, you know, what games are coming out and all this sort of nonsense. Um, what do you think, man? How do you, how do you think? Uh, not as someone, I'm assuming you're probably not that interested in getting one. Um, but as from a consumer perspective, what's your opinion? Um, from a gamer's perspective, I don't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to buy one. I have, like, I can't. The only well, Nintendo hang on, consoles. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me rewind for a second. Okay. You'll be able to play Skyrim portably. Yeah. How well? Yeah, but I mean, when it when it comes to portable, does it matter? You know, like. Yeah, it uh, does. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> you know, just just throwing it out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it does, but you know, like you've played Skyrim, you know how it's supposed to look. But at the same time, you know, you oh, it's, could, not, it's not a matter of visuals and you could play all it on that the bus, shit, but you like, know? you know, Skyrim on a Nintendo Switch, like, <clears throat> how, is the Switch powerful enough to even run Skyrim at a decent? Okay, so here's here's the controversial thing. I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't port it if it, if it couldn't run. It's obviously not going to be running. <laughs> at, <laughs> you've obviously never been a PC gamer. Oh, there you go. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But I mean, this is Nintendo, and Nintendo, for for what it's worth are renowned for always putting out good experiences. You know what I mean? Like, like all of the games as, you know, as kitty or whatever, as they may be, have always been of a reasonable quality. Like they're always fun to play. They always work. I've never heard of anybody having too much of an issue with a Nintendo product as far as thing. I mean, they they have made mistakes. Like for example, the license transfers on three DSs are a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, and, and I think anything to do with online interactivity Mm-hmm. they sort of struggle with well they they sort of sh- i mean you could say that they really <clears throat> shied away from it would be the the real thing like they they do it begrudgingly i think but that's yeah. why like with the switch i don't know if you heard but it's going to be a paid online now oh, um, wow. yeah so so it's not free online anymore and i mean it's the same move that that sony made you know xbox live was always pay to play and yeah. it was always better <clears throat> so you, you know you've got sony eventually with the ps4 jumped on board with that and their services improved you know Although I got to say, the speeds are so goddamn slow um, for uh, downloads. You know, I think they, they focus all of their server bandwidth on on you know good gameplay. Mm. Um, but downloading anything on a PS4 is a punishment, dude. It really is. And and there's all of these little tricks out there. Oh, you got to change your your DNS and all this sort of stuff. It doesn't doesn't change a goddamn thing. You know, <laughs> and people saying, oh. Yeah, no, it, it downloads better when it's in sleep mode. It's like fantastic. But what if I want to use it while I'm downloading something, you know? Yeah. Um, 
it's it's just one of those things you know um but nintendo have always had just a great sort of thing with uh just putting out something that just works you know i mean the only i don't remember anybody ever having a problem with the wii except for myself (laughs) originally like i i had one because i bought one or i got i don't even know how i got it now i got it secondhand uh and the video card screwed up on it where i'd be like um you know i'd be moving around and say i think i was playing resident evil 4 and i'd move around and pixels would stay where they were seconds ago so you just have like these weird dots on the screen that didn't update or they updated a few seconds later um, mm. with like a delay and it was really weird. Um, but, you know, I, f- I figured out a way to get a new one and <laughs> everything was good, you know. Um, but that's it. I don't remember anybody ever having a failure with their Wii. I've never, I don't think in in all of the time we've been selling Wii U's, I don't really remember that many coming back as faulty. And even then, oftentimes when you do get faulties back from customers, often it's the customer issue. You know what I mean? It's not really the system. It's somebody just didn't know how to work it nine times out of ten, you know? Yeah. Um, which is kind of shit, but it's how it is. But, you know, good luck telling the customer that. No, of course. It's Sometimes it's just <laughs> easier to replace it and let them figure it out when they get home. Yeah. Um, I just think I think I just drew a penis on the top of this building. I'm going to interrupt Not that I'm against that, but, you know, we're trying to keep this classy. Um, I'm just going to do that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think overall, I'm just I'm struggling to care about the Switch. Yeah. Um, I, Nintendo, I like I, I get it. They do their own thing, mm-hmm. and they, they're just like they're they're that weird little cousin, yeah. you know, that you just like. Hmm, I'll talk to him for a bit, and then I'll just go and do something else. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this one they're they're going in a different direction though, because like this is the conspiracy theory. Have you noticed how they've just dumped the Wii U? Oh, yeah. There is no... Like, I've never seen that happen before. It's always been a case of, I oh, will support the old console for at least a year into mm. the, the new one. Like like I said, we like just yesterday, we got in a bunch of Xbox 360 accessories. Yeah. You know? And that's three years ago that console went defunct, you know? Mm. Um, so it's you sort of have to ask yourself, why is it that now, straight away, we can't get Nintendo stock for the, for the Wii U? There's none. Yeah. Nintendo's not shipping it. Um, the rep... I was speaking to recently um, was saying, you know, I think actually, I think Adrian was talking to them and he said, Oh, okay. When the switch paper stuff comes in, we'll put it next to the Wii U in-store display unit. Oh, no, nah, Nintendo would prefer you didn't, you know, they're distancing themselves from, I guess what they perceive to have been a massive failure. And uh, it's just, and, and, and you'll notice all the marketing for the, for the switch, you mm. know, the original, um, videos and stuff showing how it all works and stuff like that. It was all grown ups. There was there wasn't a kid in sight. It was all twenty somethings, all having fun at parties and stuff, playing Mario Kart. Um, yeah. And that's different in itself. You know, there's just a lot of um, a lot of difference with how they're marketing this console. And and I think that they they when you say that they're always they've been their own animal, they're not really competing with um, PlayStation stuff. I think in that the the power of this system, I would tend to agree. Um, it's not going to break any records, um, mm. but at the same time. The way I understand it from what I've read from developers is that it's um, um, it works in two optimization modes. When you go portable, it loses something like 40% of its processing power. 
Okay. Um, and so what you'll be playing portably is a stripped down version of what you'll be playing when it's plugged into your TV. So again, I mean, that's, that's always going to happen because the, the problem is if they did it, if it was maximum power the whole time in the portable device, one, it wouldn't be as powerful because they couldn't just pack all of that into the form factor. And yeah. also, it's just <clears> going to destroy battery life. You'd end up with being able to play it for 45 minutes. And you've got the same situation that we were dealing with back in the day with, with your Sega Game Gears and stuff where you'd put in eight batteries and it would last 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there's that sort of thing as well to consider, you know? So, I mean, they, they've obviously... The, the big deal with the, with the Wii U where it was always a bone of contention for me selling them was parents didn't understand what it was. They came in expecting their kid to be able to play the Wii U in the car. Um, yeah. and, and I would have to explain to them, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. It has to be tethered to the console in your house next to your TV. Uh, and then they were, they were always like, oh, oh, okay. Um, and then they have to reevaluate whether they wanted it. The switch takes yeah. that out of the equation. You know, like it, it, it does what, what you expect that it does. Mm. Um, so that's, that's a thing as well, you know. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame too because I, I didn't consider the Wii U to be a bad console. No, no, I don't think anyone it, did. It was, it, it was the lack of software. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's that's been Nintendo's sort of problem since, you know, day one. Yeah. The, they, their first party titles, yeah, sure. They're pretty consistent. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. one word for them, consistent. Consistent. Yeah. yeah. If they release the uh, same games every time. Is that... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the third party support just hasn't been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're saying it's going to be this time, but I'm finding it very hard to believe because they said the exact same thing about the Wii U. They did. Oh, and then they, they showed, yeah. oh, here's all the games that are in development. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean they're going to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, they had like spokespeople from like Ubisoft and friggin' EA. And it's like, yeah, we're making this game for the Wii U. It's going to be pretty cool, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, nah. Nah. Never happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think the only quote unquote big games that came out on the Wii U were one of the Arkham games, which I think was City, mm-hmm. I think, and Black Ops 3. That was it. No, not 3. Fucking Black Ops 2. Hang on. NVIDIA CEO. I'm just trying to find this quote I heard about the other day. Um, Nintendo. Because the, the CEO for, uh, you were just saying about uh, people came out in support of it and stuff like that. Um, the, what does it say? Nintendo hybrid, blah, blah, blah. Let me get to the the balls of the article here. Um, well, you got to work your way down the shaft. <laughs> oh my God. All right, clickbait at the bottom. Where's the actual comment? Oh, okay. Um, Ahead of that, NVIDIA CEO, Jen Husun Huang, god damn, I probably butchered that, um, has spoken out to say the system is going to blow you away in terms of what Nintendo has been able to achieve with its dedication to their craft. It's very Nintendo, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it's a great thing to all the Nintendo kids out there. Yeah. Um, that, the, the, that entire experience is going to be very Nintendo. The beauty of that company, the craft of that company, the philosophy of that company, their myopically singularly focused on making sure that the gaming experience is amazing, surprising and safe for young people and children. You know, the dedication to their craft, the singular dedication is quite admirable. Um, when you guys all see the switch, I believe you're going to be blown away. Quite frank, quite frankly, it's very, really delightful. Um, and I mean the, the big part of, um, 
the switch is the processor, the NVIDIA processor that's going to be running the whole show. So I guess he has a vested interest in it, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it really looks, you know, in person and stuff like that. And if it does feel like a jump, because I mean, there, there was a jump between the Wii U and the Wii graphically uh, and performance wise and stuff like that, but not dramatically, you know, not something, not in a way that you were like, oh, this is next gen, you know, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but the Wii U was the first next gen console, wasn't it? Yes, quote was. unquote next gen yeah yeah so yeah. i mean every i think everybody's expecting something <laughs> huge it was the first next gen console and nintendo's first hd fucking console that's right yeah used hdmi instead of whatever the hell else they used to use um yeah so it's interesting <laughs> it's interesting I, I'm, I'm reserving judgment you know, there's a contest at work to try and win one. I'm going to try and win it, obviously. Because, <laughs> you know me, I don't buy anything. Um, yeah, so that, that'd be definitely something to look out for. I mean, it's not going to change gaming for your hardcore gamers, your PC gamers and things like that. But, I mean, it might bring a lot of other people into the fold, which is an interesting thing in itself, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they can, like, I, I'm not going to buy one. I don't plan on buying one. But if mm. they come out with enough software to interest me, yeah, um, and not eventually port it over to a 3DS when I can just get it anyway, yeah, then I, I could consider buying one. Well, here's here's the thing about it though. Like, it's what it, it's it's definitely one of those systems where, you know, you need to see somebody else having a good time with it, to to really make you really want it it's like the very first time i ever saw an ipod touch this is before iphones and stuff were out um james our rl2 ic used to have one um and he's like dude you gotta see this thing and he was showing me all of these back in the day they had all these they didn't have an app store or anything so all the apps you had to jailbreak it and you had to download homebrew apps and there was all these people come up with really creative ways of using the touch screen and again all of this stuff is par for the course now because we've had ipads and you know iphones for nearly a decade now and things like that but i'm talking about before all of this stuff and I just couldn't believe a piece of hardware delivered on the promise of its aesthetic the way that it did and um, and the way you could come up with all of these creative new ways of gaming. Um, you know, there was all these little sandbox physics games mm. where you had to sort of like, you know, build a bridge out of these tools to make this get across and all of these little puzzlers and stuff like that, which for some reason have disappeared off the store now. You can't find them anymore. They're all, they're all buried. And I don't mean those ones in particular. I'm talking about those kinds of apps in general have just gone by the wayside. And that, that was what drew me in in the first place. Um, sandbox physics was like, you remember when everything was draw something or um, doodle this and doodle, you know, yeah, doodle jump. Started mm. an evolution of everything was a doodle game. <laughs> doodle. Everything's always a doodle game. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, but, but I saw him with it and I'm like, I need to have one of those. And I moved heaven and earth and eventually got one. I think through a, a bunch of different scams involving phone contracts, um, you know, because I needed a new phone. So I got a, there used to be a thing with, um, uh, what was it? Uh, who's that? Um, You'll get there. No, you know, you, you the car place, uh, we, um, car stereo joint. I can't think of the name of it. Um, they used to do phone deals and you'd be like, Hey, get this deal. You get an Xbox, you know, and, and all this sort of stuff. I was like, yeah. And that's what I was used to do. I used to always used to figure out what the best deal was, buy a new phone, get a free item, and then figure out how I could trade swap or sell that up to the item I actually wanted. And mm. for the longest time, I never bought anything. I just wait until a phone contract was up 
<laughs> and then just do some <laughs> shady deal with somebody, you know, to, to get what I wanted. And, uh, and, and essentially that's what happened with the, um, with the iPod touch, man, totally just gone off topic here, but regardless, um, it was, uh, you know, that, that was one of those situations getting back on the topic where I saw somebody else with one and I knew I needed to have it. And I think that's how the, the switch is going to move. I think there's going to be early adopters and they're going to take them to places where there's parties and things like that. And everyone's going to sit around playing Mario Kart. And hopefully what happens is you'll get the same situation you had with, with the original Wii where you'd go around to some dude's place and he had Wii Sports and everybody would sit there drinking beers and playing Wii Sports for an hour. And then mm. next week, everybody who was there went out and bought a Wii, you know? Um, it'd be the same sort of situation, hopefully, like a word of mouth thing, you know? Um, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, like end consumers who don't even know the Switch is coming out, man. I bought, I sold that many Wii U's uh, over the Christmas period for people who just didn't know that if they just waited three months, they could have yeah. the new latest, you know? Um, yeah, but you know, yeah. It'll, it'll happen. I, I think I think one of its biggest drawbacks is going to be the controller issue, though. In 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 what way? Well, it's very similar to the Wii U in the fact that you got your like your portable, whatever, and like the detachable whatevers. But like yeah. multiplayer, local multiplayer is going to be another. <coughs> like one of the biggest issues I found selling Wii U's is, <coughs> and any console really, mm. the like. 99% of the time, someone will ask, how many controllers does it come with? Yeah. And with well, the Wii U, like, it just it needed further explanation. Because I was like, I always had to be like, okay, it comes with the gamepad, which is the main controller. And you only to, get one. You can only have one. Yeah, you can only get yeah. one and only have one. And mm. to play local multiplayer, like, in the house, on the one TV, you need to buy these remotes or these pro controllers, which are, like, 60 70 dollars each mm-hmm. and it just it's, yeah but it's the switch inherently comes with uh two controllers in the one controller you know you've seen how that works right how you can pull the yeah, yeah, controllers yeah. off and multiplay with two two people and you yeah. can network the switches together too so if you know someone else with a switch you can hook them up and um play multiplayer that way as well so they've, they've made it reasonably versatile um i don't know how that's going to work uh, the multi-controller situation in, in the home environment, like as far as, mm. you know, like snap the controller in half and having two player. I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think that's going to be specific game modes on specific games, you know, like your Mario yeah. Kart and things like that. Party yeah. play modes. Um, so that, you're right, there may be a deficiency there. I mean, I'm sure they'll be able, you'll be able to buy two pro controllers because it does, oh, it yeah, does, does sure. use a pro controller as well. Yeah. Um, but again, it's game specific. So you've got that complex conversation with a parent going... Yeah, yeah, you can totally do that, but only with some games. Which games? Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. We have to look at the backs of the packs of every single game yeah. <laughs> to see what's available and what, what works, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's it, it, time will tell, I think. That's the, that's the big thing. Yeah. Time will tell. We're going to know in March, you know? that That's future Corey's problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so let's talk Injustice. I've played Injustice. I've never yeah. been a huge fan. I didn't play story mode. I've, I've, I've played a few bouts more than mm. anything. So what do you take away from the trailer? They just launched the trailer for Injustice 2. Oh, uh, second trailer. The second trailer, yep. Um, I mean, and by no way is it indicative of the game itself. No, no, it's like, all that, That's not how the game's going to look. That's not how the game's going to play. Yeah. But Warner Brothers games have been able to pump out stuff that i i think is 
kind of comparable to cinematic quality and writing in mm-hmm. terms of these trailers. Like, because you got this trailer, the Injustice trailer before it, um, the what was it? That Arkham Knight trailer that went for like three fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were just insanely good, like visually, the the dialogue in them, like you. You watch this Injustice trailer, like it's it's Brainiac talking, and mm-hmm. just just the the writing of the dialogue for Brainiac was just so good. I'm just sitting there going, "Holy fuck! Why can't we get a movie like this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good you know? point. And, and like to be fair, like the, these are established characters, and you know, characters that are well into like years into their quote unquote careers. Yeah, so there's there's uh, a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, there's no origin stories. Yeah, there's a lot to draw from as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're not shy about going balls deep into the DC universe and seeing what they can pull out. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Charming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I am. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought the trailer was just a, a great little just... It felt like a little mini movie to me and I was just... I love that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am excited for the game. Having well, I mean, that. like again, I didn't play it, but a lot of the, um, a lot of talk that I heard about it was that it was like the original game. The story mode was something to be seen, you know. Like it just, it, it definitely was. The, yeah, to me, that was the best writing. part. Of the game. Mm. Um, probably the first time I've ever seen a story mode in a fighting game surpass the, the multiplayer. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you buy your Street Fighters. You're not buying a Street Fighter for the fucking story. Yeah. yeah. Um, even like your Mortal Kombat's in your Tekkens. Yeah, you, you sort of skip through all the cutscenes. You just you just want to beat every boss, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but with Injustice, you were sitting there. You were watching these cutscenes. You were... I was... Granted, I'm a massive DC fan. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I thought it was great. But um, the way that they tied the whole story together was, was worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, even just the beginning of the story, like the that opening where, spoilers, Superman kills the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. Did Batman like- get the shits? Because he's like, that's my gig, man. <laughs> <laughs> you stepping on my cabbage patch. <laughs> I think he was more concerned of the fact that Superman killed the Joker. Like, As you know, opposed to, yeah, because that, that's like, what Superman would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Superman snapping and becoming this dictator yeah. of, a, of a world is... You, you'd think you'd see it more, but... I don't know. It was just really. It was a very interesting take on the DC universe, and with uh with Brainiac coming into it, I, <laughs> that's got me very very interested. Mm-hmm. So yeah, explain plus, Bra- explain Brainiac. Have we seen him before? I feel like I know that character. Uh, uh we, the the collective we. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, I mean like as in in any of the stuff you know that I would be familiar with. Um, Ooh. Brainiac, Brainiac. What's, do you know his origin as far as like as in pop culture uh, um i mean he he was originally in the comics obviously yeah, um i feel like <clears throat> oh wait is he i feel like in the new 52 i've, I've read something is he normally just like a, a guy with a giant head uh he sits in a wheelchair no okay i'm, I'm mixing him up with someone else because i remember reading something recently <clears throat> where he where a character um, that sounds like Modoc from Marvel. Oh, you know what it is? It, <laughs> no. Who was there? It was, you know, because it, no, it was Batman and Superman. If anything, I think Supergirl and Power Girl were there too. 
something I read recently that was um they went to see this guy and they're like you've got to not let him into your brain they they needed it was that one where somebody was assassinating people um with magic bullets you know um I think it was it, it was not far into the the new fifty two run of um Batman, Batman Superman. Superman yeah yeah can't think of the, anyway it doesn't matter we'll get off topic so so Brainiac <laughs> explain Brainiac to me actually that might have been Brainiac because. The, the bullets were small Kryptonians, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they might have been from Candle. Um, yeah, actually, you're right. They were. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brainiac, for those that don't know, has the... Uh, he collects cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he collects things, um, specimens. He's, he's a artificial intelligence. He's a robot. Okay. Um, from outer space, believe it or not. Very smart. Um one of Superman's enemies, he, yeah, he, he collects specimens and has no sort of emotion. Um, most well known for collecting the city of Kandor, which was a city on Krypton before it exploded. So that's oh, like the tiny only, Kryptonians. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like the only remaining part of Krypton left. And it's in the possession of Brainiac. He's, and, he's and a great. It's, it's, it's shrunk down, like it's 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 in like a little yeah, glass it's, bubble. It's, it's in a yeah, little glass bottle. Hmm. Um, I, I'm horrible at describing these fucking characters, but I don't know. He's 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 a great villain. He always has been. Like, I could delve into like different types of Brainiacs and mm-hmm. what what Brainiac is now, which I don't even know. He's like some sort of. Yeah, he's like a cyborg thing. Looks like uh, looks like cyborg. Yeah. Am I I thinking of the wrong guy? No, no, no. Yeah, like he's he's got a lot of different interpretations. Like he looks different Mm -hmm. in varying. Like I think his most common one is like this green alien looking thing with like armor and dots around his head and okay, blah blah. But like you know, there's ones where it's like this giant fucking robot with a, his head looks like a skull, and yeah, he's <laughs> someone. Someone, <laughs> someone took liberties that day. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he um he was actually a uh, a big part of the convergence storyline. Okay, he he's the one that, well, kind of, not really. He was sort of a puppet, but he uh brought all these different worlds together and. To sum up Convergence, everything that has happened in DC is now canon because it's all one universe. Oh, okay. So that's <clears throat> converging all of the universes. Hence yeah. Convergence. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was before Rebirth. See, this yeah. is this is the this is the great thing about our show. It's not a bunch of like experts talking about something. You always have to have a layman in amongst the crew <laughs> who doesn't know who asks the questions that somebody may be at home going, I don't know what Candor is. <laughs> yeah. Am I stupid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's good. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I'm, I'm doing a horrible job at explaining it too, because like I just I don't know how. Like, don't get me to verbally describe something. Get me to write it down. Yeah, you know? I'm the same man. On the fly, it's it's not it's not as simple. You know, some yeah. people are great auteurs or like uh, uh, raconteurs, storytellers, <laughs> like you know, in person. And then there's other people who are great at just writing down their ideas. I like to take the time to really get the phrasing right, you know, <laughs> phrasing. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong like, with that. Especially with a character like Brainiac, who's like such a storied character. Mm. 
Like, he's been around for who knows how fucking long. Mm. Uh, I have it right in front of me, 1958. So, <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hence, hence the name. It's such a, like, a what did you say, 58? Yeah. It's such a 50s name. Brainiac. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can always you can always determine the age of a character based on their name. Mm. You know, or, or or what they're wearing. Like you can look at someone like um like the traditional version of uh what's her name? Who's the chick in the purple from uh Marvel? Um she was in the the most recent the movie, played by Olivia Munn. Psylocke. Psylocke, yes. Now, when in the, you can tell, based on the costume, that it was the probably the mid to late nineties. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it always will be. You know, there's no getting around it. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have a crush on her back in the day. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> she had awesome thighs. It's not my fault. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, okay, so another thing I wanted to quickly touch on, we've got like 10 minutes left, but um, this is a topic that cannot be broached in 10 minutes, but... Um, we'll give it a th- shot. That's if the PC holds out. She's looking good so far. Um, touch wood. Uh, okay, so I just read this morning they're remaking or they're, they're optioning um, an Americanized version of Attack on Titan. The, well, basically the producer of Harry Potter is looking into... Um, potentially getting the rights to to get that made or they're looking at using him to get it made or whatever what are your thoughts on americanizing i mean like you were saying earlier there's there's been two versions of this film from japan already do we do we need a u.s one two chronological films there was like one and then one a sequel to that one okay yep yep um first of all i'm talking that's live action though right live action yeah 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 yeah, yeah. because the anime obviously and then you've got live action versions yeah yeah i i first of all i hate like the producer of Harry Potter. That doesn't fucking mean anything. It doesn't. It's the guy who funded it, <laughs> who, yeah. who sourced the money, put the people together. You know, like it's like you know. I, I work in the DVD section of our store, and mm-hmm. like a lot of the horror movies do this. They're like from the producers of Insidious, and yeah. it's like some shitty fucking horror movie that no one gives a fuck about. And like, why? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I get it. Like, you you're trying to get people to watch this movie and to buy this movie. But if that's the best you've got to come up with, then you don't have anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I'm potentially okay with this. Yep. Um, mainly because <laughs> I've seen the live action Attack on Titan and it is fucking horrible. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It does it, it is... lose something in translation or is it just bad? It's just bad. Okay. Um, traditionally, a lot of anime that has been adapted to live action in japan hasn't gone well okay um yeah. the death note movies are fucking atrocious yeah um the gantz movie looks bad um black butler i don't really give a shit about um yeah uh, to i think and a lot of that has to do with budget yeah um i don't think the japanese have that type of dosh like the Hollywood me. back, yeah. Uh, the Hollywood they don't machine, have the Hollywood money. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the trade off is you're subject to Hollywood, <laughs> you know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I I could I could definitely see a good movie coming out of this, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Attack on Titan, because okay, Attack on Titan is made by a Japanese person, was yep. created by a Japanese person, 
um, the anime, obviously Japanese voices, blah, 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 whatever. But the characters themselves are European. Right, okay, uh, okay, that's interesting. So, <laughs> if this ends up getting made and they cast white people and people complain about whitewashing, they got fucking no leg to stand on. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's set, I think, oh, I can't even remember, it's been a while since I watched it, but I, I think it's either set in a, on a fictional Earth or it's set on Earth that has different borders and whatnot for countries and shit, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're all, like, European, essentially white um, characters. So, that you can get away with, yeah. first off. Okay, um, so that's that's something a little bit different. Like, because recently yeah. we've had a lot of con- controversy with uh, uh, Ghost, Ghost in the, the Shell. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, the, and the, what they call the yellow, what is it? The, the whitewashing again? Or, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so. Of a, <laughs> whitewashing of, a, of an android. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure, <laughs> you know. You know, but um, not that I'm defending whitewashing. Like, no, no, it, it, is, it is an issue. <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. But uh, it, it's got to be an issue in the right. I think I think what what era. was personal about that one is it's 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 definitely a movie that's ingrained in Asian culture as as influential. You know, so mm. I think they're going to be sensitive about that regardless. Um, yeah. You know, but <laughs> there's, there's like if, plenty if, of if Asian they made actors. A, if they'd have made a live action Evangelion and they casted a white dude as Shinji, I'd be kind of annoyed. Yeah. Yeah, well dude's name's Shinji. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, what what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, like the the girl in it, Asuka, is I think she's German. German oh, yeah. with a Japanese name. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. Yeah. But you know. But yeah, I don't know. I it's one of those we'll see yeah. kind of things. If it's got um, Will Smith in it, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah this, we're going to get this attack on tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they're gonna, if they use the name of the movie in the movie, yeah, it's all over. <laughs> yeah, what are we? Some kind of attack on Titan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, I was kind of excited the other day. I was looking at covers and I realized that the movie Focus has Deadshot and Harley Quinn in it. And I'm like, yeah. what, is it like a prequel or a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Apparently it's not a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're, they're a strong uh, cast. So. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to watching it. Yeah, but, yeah. but um, <laughs> I'm a simple man. I just like things simple, you know? <laughs> Harley Quinn will always be Harley Quinn. It's not my fault. Oh, God. Um. All right, where are we at? You know what? We're just under an hour, so we may call it there, man. Yeah, I've got to have a shower go anyway. I've got to get ready for work. We've got to go to our second jobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our um, day jobs. No, no, this is our day job. <laughs> we're not getting paid for it, but we're, this is our day job. All right, so uh, let's call it there, man. Um, okay, so thank you for watching. This podcast was brought to you by Corey Wire Art. Go check it out um, in lieu of a real sponsor. Uh, if you're watching the stream and you want to listen to us on your commute, search iTunes for Pretty Sketchy Podcast. Or if you're an audio listener and you want to uh, see what I'm actually doing, um, check us out on YouTube. Search for Pretty Sketchy Podcast. All right, thanks again for joining us, Michael. No worries. We'll catch you guys on the next one.